Hi, it's Heather. Hi, it's Marie, and welcome to I'm Sorry, I Had To podcast. Today, we really wanted to talk about the importance of feeling feelings. And we really know that sometimes people don't want to talk about this. And I think that, you know, we've talked a lot about like working through feelings. And sometimes you have to just like find what the feeling is to be able to talk about it. So, yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think, like you said, a lot of people, they, they avoid their feelings. And I think that it's normalized in our culture today where if you, if you feel something, then maybe it'll make you feel or make you seem weak to somebody else. If they think that, you know, you're scared about something or if you cry, it's sad for that to be the case in today's culture because I think it really is important to feel your feelings and to allow yourself to you know actually face them so that you can move totally yeah so I mean I know we've talked about we have talked about feelings a lot we are we're definitely different from, (laughs) from the tribe I think we uh we, we feel a lot. I think um, we've talked about, you know, being empaths and having all of these feelings and really not being able to ignore them because it takes a toll on you totally. to try to. And actually, yeah. let's, and, let's veer off to that empath um, conversation because it, for anyone who doesn't really know or understand or maybe they've never heard the term before, like, why don't you tell, tell me and anyone who's listening, um, what kind of it is in your words and, and your, like your thoughts behind it. Yeah. Um, well, so to me, I, I, I almost want to explain this in a, in a story sure. that I read in, in this book. So, um, anyone that knows me knows I love like nonfiction books. I love to I love to hear other people's stories. And um, I was reading Untamed by Glennon Doyle, which is an amazing book. I highly recommend it. Um, but one of the first stories that she tells in the book is about her daughter and how her daughter, I think at the time, was in um, maybe kindergarten. And the teacher at school was telling all of these little kids about polar bears and how polar bears are dying and we need to do something about it. And if we don't, that, you know, there might, polar bears might not exist anymore. And so she's, she's telling them this and she shows them a picture of a dead polar bear. And, um, you know, at the end of this conversation, um, or lesson, I should say, um, the bell rings and all the kids run to recess and her daughter says, like goes up to the teacher she is feeling all of this all of this like heavy you know sad confused all these emotions and so she goes up to the teacher and she says like is this true is this really happening and so all the other kids were able to just run off to recess and like totally switch you know their their brain off to like just move on to the next thing and this little girl could not do that and so um Glennon Doyle talks about how for like the next couple of months, everything what that they talked about with, with her, her thing she talked about with her daughter was about polar bears. Oh and and uh, yes, they had to sponsor <laughs> polar bears. They had to, um, you know, do a ton of different things. And it got to the point where she actually had to have a friend write a fake email saying that the polar bears are okay. So that her daughter could move, could move on. on. <laughs> Poor thing. <laughs> yes. But the, like, the craziest thing about that was at the time, the um, the little girl knew it was fake, and so she she knew when she looked at this email that oh my that was true. And so, yes, and so she kept going and she kept worrying about the polar bears. And it got to the point where, like, one night she was up late, you know, or her mom was tucking her into bed, and she, as her mom was kind of exiting, you know, turning off the lights, exiting the room, she goes, "Mom," and uh, go on and Doyle kids you know in her head she's like if this is about the polar bears I'm gonna lose it (laughs) and and so the little girl what she says is something that was like so sweet and she said you know if no one cares about the polar bears who's going to care about us oh my gosh so wise yes so wise for a little kid and so that totally changed the whole like her whole perspective on like oh my god um, really, what, what, 
yeah. who's going to worry about us? Like, like who is going to worry about all of the horrible things that are happening? Who's going to worry about the human race if we can't even take, like, you know, do yeah. something about the polar bears? And so what she realized was, you know, her daughter was different yeah. and not in a bad way, in a really special way. She was unique and she couldn't move on from, you know, she couldn't just switch after learning about what's happening, you know, in the sad, tragic uh, sad, tragic story she heard about these yeah. polar bears. She couldn't switch her brain to off to just go play and move on to the next thing. And I think that is um, such a great example to me of what an mm-hmm. empath was. Because when I read that story, it resonated with me so much that that like that is me. Like when COVID hit, I couldn't just move on and continue to work. Yeah, I it was hard. Like, was had all of mm-hmm. these feelings, and it was weighing so heavy on me. And I, it was all I thought, all I could think about for um, a long time. And so I think that that's, to me, an empath is someone who feels, they feel um, what other people Mm -hmm. are feeling and they can, they take those emotions on as if they're the ones going through it. You took the words right out of my mouth. That's exactly how I would have explained it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and I think that, you know, empaths are, are very special and unique, but they're different. They're definitely different from, I think a lot of people that are just kind of able to, um, you know, keep going. And the rest of the kids in that classroom. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> you know, I, I wonder, like, I don't know how many empaths, like what the, you know, percentage is yeah. in the population, but, but I know that it's different. And what's funny is I've like, I think I've gravitated to empaths as I've gotten older because I, I connect with people that also, um, are like understand what it feels like to carry this weight of you know energy and and emotion and all of this from these from yeah. other people and I've you know it takes time to still I'm still learning you know at 30 how to how yeah. to manage that and um, but I think we need people like this in our world because we need people that truly care that want to that are saying hey don't just go to recess like, <laughs> exactly to and take action yeah Yes. Yeah, yeah. It, it is interesting because I definitely, I think that that's one way that you and I connected because we are both empaths. And um, mm-hmm. like, I remember vividly, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Hotel Rwanda. I know I have, but I, it's, it I came out a long time ago. We're talking like 15 years yeah. ago. Um, and I can't remember mm-hmm. the guy's name who is the main, maybe Don Cheadle, I think, but I love him. But that yeah. movie, I remember vividly finishing the movie and I just sat and cried for hours. Like I knew mm-hmm. that at that moment, something was different about me because my boyfriend at the time was able to just like go to bed and I couldn't even go to bed. Like I couldn't rest my head. I had yeah. absorbed the feelings of the situation that the movie was, you know, showing. And, um, mm-hmm. and it's kind of funny because like, at, like you said, as you get older, you kind of realize, and, and I feel like I've kind of gone through ebbs and flows about feeling like this is a special part of me. And then there's also times when I feel like it's a burden because I can't yeah. let it go. Like, I can't let those feelings go right. from uh, like, you know, talking to my best friend and she's telling me something and she's in pain and I can feel it. Like, I, mm-hmm. And dating like my husband now, like when we were dating, there were times when I would explain to him a situation and he could tell just cause he's so logically minded. He's definitely mm-hmm. not an empath. <laughs> so, um, it's no <laughs> it's okay, offense, John, fun. if you ever listen to this. Yeah. But because I feel like we balance each other really well, but at the beginning, yeah. I feel like we butted heads a lot because I am from a, like a true, like you know, emotional family, like we're all Italian and Mm -hmm. whatever, and we hug and everything's so dramatic. But I feel like by dating him, I was able to find a little bit more of that balance. But at the beginning, I feel like it felt very much like a burden and that he didn't understand Mm -hmm. how it was possible for me to feel these feelings. So um, I do think that it takes, you know, a little bit more understanding from a person who is so logically thinking to, to like, they can't walk in our shoes. They'll never completely understand, but at least to just accept the fact that we can be logically thinking as empaths, but right. we're going to feel the situation way more than they do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I agree with that a hundred percent. I think 
that's that's almost like what happened with that story too is she had that aha moment like okay i i've not noticed like what my daughter's been going through this this entire time um to i mean she you know she noticed it but she um didn't quite understand it and i think when she had that aha moment she was like okay she's my daughter is different and and it's a great thing um but you're right i think i as an empath agree that it is a burden a lot of the time i think it impacts every aspect of my life and it took me a long time to figure out what it was because I, I, I struggled and and felt like, you know, is there something wrong with me? Like, why do I feel things so deeply and why can't I move on and why am I moving on to this? Or even in like certain situations where it could be, maybe I'm, you know, around someone who has this like off energy or different energy from what I'm feeling. And I can feel that in the room. And like, for me, that I didn't know what it was for so long. I think, you know, a lot of this I thought was, um, I, you know, I struggle with anxiety. And I think a lot of this I thought was just anxiety until I realized that I was actually feeling other people's feelings. (laughs) And unable to figure out where they were like where it was coming from so um you know I think it is it it can be a burden at times it makes it hard especially in like a a corporate setting going from one thing to the next one maybe maybe something happened or you heard a story or you know whatever threw you off that you're still kind of carrying and holding on to and then you're supposed to just switch and you know mindset and get into the work zone and go from from meeting to meeting totally and and all that and I think it's hard. It's really hard as an empath because I want to slow down and say, Hey, can we talk about this? (laughs) (laughs) And you know what I found though, is a lot of people actually are, they're willing to talk about this first, whatever it is. And so like with COVID, you know, because I was struggling, I was honest about it. Um, I acknowledged my feelings and I, I, um, instead of just trying to ignore them, I leaned Mm -hmm. into them. And so when I would have meetings with people, I said, or even just like any conversation, right, with friends, whatever, I talked about that first and, you know, checked in, how are you? Like, how are you feeling? And, you know, this is, this is how I'm feeling before we move on to whatever it is we're going to, you know, focus on or talk about today. And I think I was surprised by how many people were willing to engage in that conversation too and share how they felt which I appreciate I think because everybody whether you're an empath or not you still have feelings and maybe you can move on a little bit quicker but you still are going to feel however you feel from a situation and it is important to lean into that allow yourself to feel it you don't have to avoid it and then you can you know work through and move on and I do feel like in order to move on fully like you could probably be a person who gets angry and then you're done and then you move on with your day and like nothing's wrong mm-hmm. but I know one time when I was um talking to a counselor that I had been seeing for a little while she mentioned that a uh, people who do that though it's like adding pressure to a coke bottle or a coke can and then you're mm-hmm. shaking it And it just keeps building pressure and keeps building pressure until it explodes. And so, yeah, sure. You might feel like you're stronger, like moving forward and not facing your feelings. But if you don't actually feel the feelings and face them, it's just, it's just, you're festering and festering is like the worst. Oh no. And it, and eventually you're, it'll, it'll explode. You know, like you said, with the, with that Coke and the pressure, it just adds and adds and adds. And if you're not releasing any of that, you can eventually like it will just explode and no one wants that to happen. You know, I think that's why it is important to, to release that pressure and have the conversation you need to have or feel what you feel. I also have seen a therapist in years past and took a long break, but have started seeing a therapist again, you know, over the course of maybe like the last eight months. And it's really changed my life because, you know, I think there's a stigma in, our culture today that there's something wrong with you if you see a therapist, but seeing a therapist doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with you. You know, I think, honestly, I am pro therapy. I think it would help everybody to see a therapist because sometimes you just need to get out of your own head and you need someone to ask you these questions. Like when I, I remember a situation where I was saying, 
um, to my therapist that I, I was angry in this situation and I, you know, I was having a fight, I think with my boyfriend at the time and I, I was feeling this like anger, but in my mind, I didn't really know, like, I didn't know what the feeling really was because I hadn't felt it in so long. And it kind of was like, um, to me, but that's why it scared me. Cause I was like, what is this? And why am I so sure. upset? And, and so, you know, I told her, I, I never want to get to the point where like it escalates and it, you know, it gets worse. And she said, why, why do you think that if it escalated or it got worse or, you know, you let that out, that it would be a negative thing? And I said, I don't know. <laughs> I guess because I would imagine that, you know, like if you, if you get upset and you scream, like that's seen as a bad thing. Um, you know, if you get to that point and she said, there is absolutely nothing wrong with being angry. And the fact that you're holding it in is what's making it worse because you're getting your, you know, then your mind starts spinning and you're getting, you're getting, it's getting worse and worse. And that pressure is building, right? So yes, exactly. And so she said, I wonder what would happen if you would allow yourself to feel that emotion and have the conversation and just let it out and see what might come of it. Because it's okay to be angry. It's okay to be sad. It's okay to be afraid. And and you don't need to pretend that you don't feel these things. You don't need to run away from them. You need to lean into them. And your body is trying to tell right. you something. And so why don't you just listen? And we were taught when we're younger that if you're a woman that, you know, you need to be polite and appropriate and you, you can't get upset or angry because then you come off like a bad person. And boys are taught that they can't cry because they look weak and they have to deal with all of the repercussions of that from their peers. And so it's just so sad that that's what we're taught as little kids to hide our emotions. We are taught to not just let it out when it's, it's perfectly normal to be, to feel all those things. So that was like a real awakening for me. I think I, I never noticed that like to me, I think I've always felt I was very insightful and aware and self-aware, but that's why therapy has like, it's so helpful because even if you think, oh, I got this, like therapists can kind of help you get out of your mind for a second and, and say like, well, why, why do you believe that to be true? Because maybe it's not, and it's okay to feel. Well, and they definitely give you that like outsiders, third party perspective, outsider looking Mm -hmm. in, totally not emotionally involved in the situation, help you see something that maybe you just can't see because you're so like, you have blinders on and you can't see outside of those blinders. So I agree with you. Like, I I don't necessarily think for me, it was life-changing. A lot of it was just, I needed an ear. And that's why sometimes I feel like Mm -hmm. you don't even need a psychiatrist. You don't need a psychologist. You just need a counselor Mm -hmm a therapist, you know, whatever the different like realms right. are. And sometimes you just need a really good friend. Like I know some, yeah. sometimes it is hard, you know, like if you come to me and, you, and we're talking like we always do and you're telling me something and I'm upset for you, I'm going to have a really hard time being unbiased. So if you, if you're mm-hmm. in a bad spot and you need that unbiased opinion or advice or you know, suggestion to go on a different path or whatever the case may be, you really do have to seek somebody who's not like emotionally invested in the situation. Yes, completely agree. And, and I think it is helpful to have friends that you can talk about things with or family members or anyone, anyone in your life that you can have these conversations with, but you do have to remember, just like you said, that, that it's not going to be unbiased because as friends, we want to protect our, yes. you know, each other. We want to, um, we want to make, you know, we're, we're usually on the side of our friend of course. or maybe we don't want to hurt their feelings because we know that what they're going through is already hard. And, um, I think 
that's not necessarily helpful right? <laughs> a lot of times. I think, you know, sometimes you need that person who is a third party that's not involved in the situation, completely objective. That objective. I agree. <laughs> but you're right. And that's the thing. Like you do. I definitely have a handful of friends who they'll tell me whether it whether it's going to hurt me or not. They'll tell me. But yes. not all friends can do that. Not all friends can pull themselves right. out yes. of the feelings because, of exactly. course, empaths are, empaths are drawn to empaths. And so then it's like mm-hmm. you have all these people feeling all the feelings. <laughs> so you kind of right. sometimes have to take. And that's where I think the balance of having people in your life, like how John and I found each other, were so different in how we deal with situations. But mm-hmm. it's really helped me be more objective in a situation where I would yes. normally be super emotional about it. Um, don't get me wrong. I still work through the feelings. There's times when I'll look at him and be like, I'm about to have word vomit and you just need to listen because I have to yeah. get it out to you. And you, what you were talking about, um, what your therapist had said about, um, not being afraid to show the anger or whatever. It, it is funny because I have had a time with him and even past boyfriends, um, before John, you know, being married to him, like, blowing up at them because I did hold yeah. it on, so, hold on to it so long. It didn't go over well with John. The other guys just kind of like stood there and were like, okay, we'll talk through this. Like, <laughs> let her get it out. You know what I mean? John was like, yeah. don't yell at me. So, <laughs> but I yeah. learned then like, that's not how I can communicate with him. But, um, but it also helps me realize that face the feelings right then and there when you're feeling them and address it with the person mm-hmm. I have learned that's way better than holding on to it, holding on to it. There's the fester again. And then right. that's when you blow yes. up and, and the situation is likely not going to go well. <laughs> you know. Yes. When I say allowing myself to be angry, I don't mean that I'm going to just like flip out and scream right. at Steven and put him through that. I think, um, you know, in past relationships, I've learned that that is not something that works for me or the other person. Um, but sometimes I think, I think I just never really learned even as a child, how to process those emotions and where, like how to, what to do with them. So what I did was just hide them and hold on to them. And then I would think and think and think and spin in my mind and I'd get angrier and angrier until that, you know, all that pressure is building and and I did, you know, explode. And so I think that what I've learned is just like you said, in the moment, address it and say, you can feel really angry, but you can communicate totally. words at, at a normal, you know, level. And so I think it is by communicating how you feel, you don't have to express it in a, in a negative way necessarily, but you can put it into words and say, you know, what you just said really exactly. pissed me off or really upset me and, and then talk through it. And I think that is so important in relationships. Totally. Um, because I, I completely agree that, you know, Steven is the complete opposite mm-hmm. of me. I mean, the complete opposite. <laughs> and I love him to death. I think I never imagined that I would be with somebody who was so different from me. But what, what I do benefit so much, and I think he does as well, because we are so different. So we yes. complement each other. Same. So he's able to get me out of my mind and get me... Um, to be in the moment and be more present and have fun totally. and, you know, let go a little easier and that sort of stuff. And I'm able to to get him to communicate his feelings yes. and like, you know, also face them versus avoiding them. And um, I think I struggled a lot, like you said in the beginning with, with John, where you knew that you felt things so much more and he yeah. didn't. And it was hard. And I, I feel the same in the beginning. I was like, how do you not like, how do you, how are you just talking about this now? Like, Hey, I'm still here feeling this. Exactly. You just can fall asleep in a minute. Exactly. <laughs> like, you know, move on to the next thing. And I think that is what, what makes us different. But the thing is, it's not that he didn't feel them. It's not that he didn't, you know, necessarily have uh, an emotional reaction or whatever to a situation. It's just that he doesn't hold on to them. Yeah. And so acknowledging that like we, we are different and we process information differently and how can we help each other through it has been really beneficial. Yeah. And I know um, some people because, who listen, like they might not have significant others, but I think that these, these skills definitely translate to family and friends. Like 
I've definitely had friend situations where I've had to be like, I need to take a breather for a second because I am so pissed at you right now, but come back to them and say, this is what really upset me though. I did have, I did have an outburst in high school. I had a <laughs> side note. Sorry. I had to tell a story from high school. So, <laughs> so, um, a friend of mine, we were on like, um, I went to high school overseas and, um, we were, I think I was like a junior or senior. So we were on that like schedule where we had like a free period. And, um, my friend came up to me at the beginning of the free period and told me that another one of our friends had said something really hurtful to her. And I said, what did you say? And she said, I didn't say anything. And granted there could be way more to the story that I just don't remember, but this is how I remember it. And I was so angry that one friend would treat the other friend like that. So I went right up to the other friend and was like, that is not how you treat friends. Like totally went to bed for my friend. I was so angry. I'm pretty sure I made this girl cry. And I didn't, it's not necessarily that I meant to, I was just so overcome by the emotion Mm -hmm. of it all. And so, yeah, it's not very productive, but. No, and I actually completely relate to that. My mom always said that I am very protective. And if somebody hurts someone I love, that's when people see the other side of me because it is like, to me, I think I can be very, um, I'm not mean. I think I'm a nice person. <laughs> I'm sorry. Right. Um, you know, I think I'm a nice person to, you know, and I don't ever intentionally hurt people, but if somebody hurts someone I love, then I fight Same. for them because to me, you know, I, I do care how people are treated. And, and that's funny because I think that it might be an empath thing too. Um, oh, for sure. Or maybe no, not. No, for sure. I think but it might be. when they, yeah, like when you, when, because you feel that pain. So, you know, like someone you love is hurt and you feel that. And so you want to fight back and I, it's hard, but well, you, you really do take on those emotions. And so I do want to kind of go back to even when we were talking about friends, right? And so you don't necessarily need a therapist or um, anyone. You just need someone to talk to who's objective. But what I've also learned um, as I've gotten older is that when you tell somebody something, if they're also an empath or even just in general, when you're telling a story and, and um, kind of sharing your pain with somebody that that other person is taking that on and whether or not they process it in, in the moment or, um, or they don't, they, they are taking that on and, and then don't necessarily have an outlet for themselves. Right. So I do think that you want to be a little bit careful not to regularly put all of your emotions onto one other person specifically, because you have to remember that, you know, then you're sharing that pain and they, they are in it with you and it, they may need to process it and find an That's outlet a really for themselves good point. too. Absolutely. I know that we probably um, expected that we'd end up talking about quarantine, but you actually brought it up at the beginning. So going back to that, how have you been doing in quarantine? Like clearly feeling feelings and all that, like, how's that gone? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's been a roller coaster for sure. I think it's really important for, well, at least what I've learned is to not be so hard on myself during this time. And I think people need to remember that too, because, you know, when it first started, I was like really struggling to process what was happening. Everyone was, everything was shutting down. We were, we, uh, I remember the first like Friday night, me and Steven ran to the store to get toilet paper like everyone else. And there was none. Yeah. <laughs> Way to go to another store. And it felt like the world was yeah. coming to an end. I mean, I was, I was really expecting zombies to start <laughs> popping Are you kidding? I'm still waiting for the zombies. <laughs> yes, I still am too. Um, Maybe and, in August. It was so... <laughs> it's coming. Yeah. They're coming. Or those killer bees are going to co- make a comeback. But <laughs> I think it was really a roller coaster of emotions. And so, you know, I remember that first week I was watching the news so much. I was all day. I'd watch the morning news. I'd watch the today show. I'd watch the, you know, afternoon, um, 
local news in Chicago and then I'd listen to the you know all the announcements from the governor and the mayor and I was like how am I supposed to work because I have a full day of news that I can right? watch today <laughs> 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 yes I need to be aware of what's happening so that I can deal with the situation but you know it it uh, <laughs> it, it escalated for a bit and then we re- I kind of reached that peak and started to to come down a bit so I, you know, I decided to kind of separate myself from the news so much because it was weighing on me and it was becoming a lot. Um, And I decided to kind of just, like I said, really cut myself some slack. And so know that maybe I was feeling anxious or like just really overwhelmed, but not have to like, for me, I'm a, I'm like, I need to figure out Mm -hmm. why I feel this way when I feel things. And I had to just say, you know what, there's a lot going on in the world right now. I don't need to determine what exactly is happening right now. I need to just be okay with feeling a little bit overwhelmed and recognize that it's because there's so much going on around me that we can't control. I mean, there's every, everything is yeah, for sure. <laughs> and, and I still wonder where things are going to be in like the mm-hmm. next six months and a year, you know, in the future how the world is going to change from this, but it's okay to um, also struggle a bit and feel overwhelmed and allow yourself to, to be okay with that and take some time for self care. Let me ask you this. Were um, you, you mentioned that you were in therapy like ages ago, but then you kind of started again recently. Was it, did mm-hmm. you start again before or after quarantine? Yeah. So I started before quarantine. I, I so I've struggled with anxiety and depression my entire life. And I, I had been out of therapy for a long time. So about, it was around last summer that I, it started to build and build and my, uh, Coke can exploded. So I, yeah, so I, you know, I had to take some time for myself to, to, to really take care of myself and acknowledge that I needed Mm -hmm. help and I needed to talk to someone I needed to, to, you know, figure out what I was going to do next. And so I think it's been a, about a year almost maybe that I have been in therapy now and it has really changed my life because especially with everything that's happening I think um it was it was really beneficial to continue to go to therapy I actually remember when all of this happened I took a break because I I I didn't want to do virtual therapy I was kind of against it and so I I took a break and that was when things were getting worse with COVID. And so I had to, uh, I noticed that I was really like, I was feeling up and down like every day and I, I didn't know what was going on. And so I finally was like, you know what? I do need to, to try. I need to give this virtual in order to shot. continue and the process that you're yes, already in. That makes exactly. total sense. I hope that people pay attention to what, they feel and what um, their bodies or their minds, what, you know, everything is telling them. Because I think, yes, exactly. Because it's important. You know, you got to listen. What does your body need? Just like when you need sleep, just like when you need water. Yeah. When you need, right. Exactly. You got to, you have to listen um, and you can't ignore it. Yeah. So, so I, I did continue to see a therapist throughout um, COVID and that has helped a lot because I'm sure like a lot of people often forget like, Hey, we are still in dealing with this global pandemic. We are, you know, still dealing with a lot in the world right now. And we, there is all this uncertainty. And so it's really easy to say, wow, like all of this is happening in my life and I'm overwhelmed and totally forget about the pandemic. And then when someone says, you know, don't forget, this is like a huge thing happening that you might not consciously think it's impacting you as much, but it it is. And so you have to recognize Well, and that. one thing that um, has really been overwhelming for me lately is knowing, because I have a good friend who's quarantined by herself since March because she's high risk. And it really um, spoke to me the other day when she she explained it as, because she's she's been very strategic about who she sees, knowing what those mm-hmm. people are doing with their lives and the choices yes. that they're making. And she explained it to me the other day and said, I feel like I'm a dog in a pound and people just come by to pet me. And I thought, oh my God, that, talk about being an empath. I cried immediately. It broke my (laughs) heart. And then I, we use Marco Polo to communicate. So I polled with her and was like, if you need 
anything. I'm here for you. But mm-hmm. I know that there are people in that situation and the, a lot of the like rising up and like supporting, you know, positivity during this time, or whatever, a lot of the tools and like celebrations and everything has been for people who have people with them. And so if yeah. you are alone and you have been since March and you feel like you've had these up and ups and downs, like definitely what Heather was talking about, like in the beginning where she was just up and down and all over the place. And you feel like that there's nothing wrong with admitting I need help and seeking help. There's a lot of actually free yeah. help and I don't know what they are, but I know they're out there, especially if you work for a company who offers like, um, you know, some of that, is it EPA? What's the e- EAP? EAP employee mm-hmm. assistance program. If you have something like that, absolutely take advantage of it or just call the friends. Like I know it's hard, especially for extroverts to like not be able to get it out and like go hang yeah. out with people. But I think the more patient we are in this situation, just my two cents that we're going to get over it a little bit faster, but, but you need to recognize those, those like, listen to yeah. your body and your mind and your heart. Like, how are you have check-ins with yourself? Because in order to stay sane, you've got to be able to know and recognize the signs. I completely agree. And I, and like you said, like reach out. I think it's so important because if you're feeling a certain way in a situation, chances are there's a, a lot of people in your life that are feeling exactly the same. And maybe, maybe they, um, you know, just didn't think to reach out or, you know, maybe they're wrapped up in their own bubble and there's nothing wrong with you saying, Hey, like I need to talk or can we meet in, you know, depending on your situation, what you're comfortable with. And, um, I think you'll be surprised with how many people are willing to do that because that is so true. I, I, I did feel, you know, for everyone that was alone in this situation. And I think that it must've been really hard. And I think it is important to, to still stay in touch and make sure that you are, are staying in touch with people in your life, especially during a situation yeah. like this, so that you don't feel so isolated so alone. and so alone. Yeah. Yes. So I live in a in an apartment building in a high rise, and um, I, I I started to realize, you know, I really haven't even been reaching out to friends as much, and I was I was feeling really bad, but it's because I was already just processing so much myself, and and still having to work, you know, full time, and then. Um, also being a little bit jealous of people that didn't have to work because they were accomplishing all of these things in their life too during the um during this pandemic people were starting their own businesses or you know cleaning out the entire house and <laughs> and and getting all this stuff done and i was like I'm struggling to like get a good night's sleep and (laughs) and, like, you know, cohabitate with my boyfriend and work (laughs) and and just be mentally okay. Um, So I think, you know, don't compare yourself to anyone else. Don't worry about what everyone is doing. Just do what you need to do for yourself and reach out. And, And if you live in a high rise, maybe you can see neighbors like I see just people outside daily that I see regularly and it kind of feels like this community. Definitely. Um, And so I think it's important to reach out to your community too. Um, If you have a dog, I think that helps. You can, you know, take them for walks, get outside. I think getting outside is really really important as well because that was the hardest part for me is I am such a homebody. And so I don't mind I don't mind working from home. I don't mind not being able to like go out on a Friday night or Saturday night necessarily. Um, I'd like to right. still <laughs> once in a while, but, but all the time um, it started to become a lot. I realized, you know, I, it's just, you need fresh air. You need you nature. Totally you need to get outside of your apartment or house or whatever. And so that too, you know, there's a lot of ways that you can still social distance and, and get outside for and sure. it, I think is a big release too. go for a bike ride, go yeah. for a walk. That's actually walk. one, one of the main ways I stayed sane because I was actually laid off, um, at the beginning of it, but I was trying to start my own business, but I was limited in what I could do, but being able to actually get outside and go for a walk or go for a run was really, really helpful. So how, how yeah. do you cope? What are the ways that you cope? <laughs> I was just going to ask you the same thing. Um, <laughs> For me, this is actually something I've learned recently too, that everyone copes differently. Sure, definitely. And that's 
totally okay. Like if if you need to lay in bed and binge watch a Netflix series to you know and just have some space, that's okay. Um, that is how I sometimes <laughs> take care sometimes of myself. Sometimes you need a nothing it's, day. Like it's really yes, good for the soul. <laughs> it yeah. is. I like to honestly, like I love audiobooks, just books in general, and I love podcasts too. <laughs> so I think sometimes listening uh, to someone else's podcast and, and hearing, you know, what they're going through does kind of help and, and get you out of your mind to hear someone else how someone else is doing. But otherwise, you know, fresh air is a huge one for me. I think it, it makes a total difference, even though sometimes I forget that and it's I have to convince myself to do it. But um, it does make a difference. I think I've noticed I definitely need to have a regular schedule for me. Like schedule is important. Yeah. So I need to, you Same. know, have even if even on like weekends, it's um, try to kind of create the schedule to help keep me going because once I'm thrown off I notice things everything gets a little Mm -hmm. bit harder if I don't get enough sleep it's a little bit harder (laughs) even cleaning actually cleaning is a big self-care one for me which is surprising I think for a lot of people but there is something about just like tasks where you don't have to agree that really helped me yeah and and even uh, moving furniture <laughs> during quarantine, I have moved my furniture around quite a bit. Um, Stephen definitely has not loved that, <laughs> but but for me, like I think it's also kind of that like physical part, right? And like then I can see this finished yep. product where I also cleaned behind the couch, <laughs> and I I like was able to totally um, you know do a deep clean and and just make things look a little bit better while we're going to be home. That's fun. That, that too. If you're, if you're going to be home a lot, you got to make sure you, you're creating a that space. That you're happy so, there. Exactly. Um, exactly. Even with uh, my desk, I moved it closer to the window and that has been a huge Oh, for sure. For me. Natural, Natural light, light is amazing. It's so Yeah. Important. When we first, it's this so is way important. before quarantine, but when we first set up our desks in our office, I said to John immediately, is it okay if I have the corner, the corner that faces the window? <laughs> <laughs> now I feel bad though, because yes, he's been working uh, from home. I wish he was facing the window, but it's okay. Yeah, yeah. but it is, it's, it really it does. does help. Even if you can work outside, yeah. like you should, the, the more sunlight you get. Um, and for me, I love, so we live right yeah. on the water um, in this building that's right on the water and just, just taking a break and looking out the window and looking at the water is just like so calming for, sure. for me. I don't know what it is about water. It's just, <laughs> it really calms me down. And I but love you're an it. Aquarius, aren't you? Um, yeah, yes. <laughs> me too. Same. I think we're not even exactly. a water sign. I always thought that we were, but I know. I, I'm really me drawn too. to water too. I always assumed it was the Aquarian. I I actually did too until I learned. That's why I said I don't even know, I know. why because I learned that no. we're not a water sign. I think we might be. An I air think it's air. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know, but yeah, that helps. So getting enough sleep for sure, creating a schedule, I think, and and getting outside. Those um, are good ones. And even little things like just making myself a cup of yeah. coffee, and kind of having a slow morning I love to watch the today show in the morning so watching like the first 30 minutes just relaxing um and sorry I know I'm there's a lot but the last one (laughs) I've actually found a new outlet in I I really have I found a new outlet which I've I've always liked drawing yes um and I've never really tried like I've never really tried to draw though because I was always so worried about like what other people were gonna think or I wasn't gonna be good anything that you start you're not going to be good at right <laughs> but I decided just to to go for it and so I started um doing like digital art and drawing and I, I actually find it so and you're really good at it to... <laughs> <laughs> well I'm working I'm working to improve I mean there's but... a lot to learn you. but you you um, do have an eye like so and you do much. have a talent so that's awesome that it's not only fun and you're doing it great, but that it is like a coping mechanism for you. Like that's super yes, awesome. It's nice to find that yeah. is like a goal, like striking gold. It, yeah. Yes, it is. So I love it. And I think I'm so grateful that I have found that yeah. at this time. But I mean, I think the biggest part with, for me, for self-care is just reminding myself to do Definitely. it because I don't take a lot of time to do like, I'm always worried about other people 
and I'm always I'm wanting to get more work done for whoever or make sure that Steven's okay that the dog is even okay I worry about my dog so much (laughs) it's not normal probably but but he's your kid though (laughs) yes but it's 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 reminding yourself that you need like if you take care of yourself first then you can help other people so if you need alone time take it if you need to to take a day off and do nothing you know do it if you if you need to get more sleep get more sleep whatever it is um it's it so really important. is but what about what about you I want to hear about you I what do I do for sure um it's really funny because you mentioned about the like Netflix like binge washing and what's really funny mm-hmm. is that I've had days like that in the past but growing up we were never allowed to be doing nothing and I actually yeah. I never knew what the word bored was. I still don't really know what the word bored mm-hmm. is. And so, so many people say, oh, I'm so bored. I'm like, but there's so many things you could do. Like, not right. only could you like so go for things. a walk, you could read a book, you could play a video game, you could watch a movie. Like, yes, I, I've been bored watching a movie before. Like, sometimes you're just not mm-hmm. into it. But I just don't know what the word bored really is. Like, um, so getting older, though, Um, And also after being with John, he understands the value of doing nothing. And Mm -hmm. I've really learned to appreciate nothing because sometimes you really do need to reset and, um, and have that like quiet mind and maybe doing nothing like for you is drawing. Like that's maybe like a doing Mm -hmm. that, like maybe you're just doodling, like there's no point or purpose behind it, but, um, or it could be that you like take a nap or it could be binge watching. So Mm -hmm. I've learned that the doing nothing is super important. Like I try and do it once a month at least. Um, yeah, I do. I need to, I I need to. to. Yeah. I have to. Um, I, for me, it's like once a week because if I don't get that day, then I do, I, I get anxious or stressed throughout the week and overwhelmed. Yeah. So, but again, it's, it is different it for is. everyone. You have to do what it is. Need. And actually I would love to have once a week to do it. Um, and like we were talking about before we started recording, like, I really don't have a day off right now, but that's mm-hmm. my doing. I need to control that. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people, um, like, they get caught into life and they just keep going through the grind. And then there also is like, you're diverting attention from feelings that you're feeling. And so how do you like reel your mind in and be more mindful about these are the feelings that I'm feeling. These are the stresses that I'm feeling. Like maybe it's because Mm -hmm. you haven't had a day to yourself to really like feel and think through your life. But that mm-hmm. I feel like is super important. So definitely to have a nothing day, which I need to, I need to almost yeah. schedule it to make sure I, that I have it. Yes. Well, and so I do want to hear more, but I have to just jump in really quick on that. I think you're so spot on. It's, it's boundaries. Yes. It is creating boundaries for yourself because I've never been really good at that. I think I, I didn't really understand the concept of boundaries. We did not have boundaries growing up. And we also, I was the same. It was, we were never bored and we weren't really allowed to be doing same. nothing. We were in, in an activity or we were cleaning the house or we were doing X, Y, Z. You know, it was, it was never that we were, it didn't ever feel like I had that time to just turn my mind off and same. rest and relax. And I do get that we live in that culture right now where that it's like, go, yeah. go, go, right? Like, let me sign my kids up for 10 activities so that they never have a moment to be bored. But not every kid functions that way. And sometimes they need that time to not be bored, but just have a break. And so, like you said, um, I think that's so important to take that time for yourself. But you have you to do. be the one to to take that time for yourself. So you have to create, you do. you're the only person. It's just like building your career. You're the only person who's going to be as invested in your career as you are. Like it's you. And so it's the same thing in your personal life. You're the only one. Yeah. You have people who care about you who might see the signs like you're burning out in life, but you need to own it. So yes, because they don't really know. They don't feel what you're feeling. And they also don't know all of those other things that are going on in your mind or in your life. So you have to, you have to take care of yeah. yourself to, to take care of other it's people so true. too. And I do think that that's something I'm, I'm going to add to a future episode about um, taking care of your house before you can take care of someone else's. But um, yes. let's see other coping. I, I definitely, um, I'm a big nature person. So there's, um, I, mm-hmm. I'm very lucky to live right near a lake and there's a trail by the lake. So that's actually how I stayed sane through quarantine. 
um, especially since my husband was working constantly and he still does. So um, I usually just walk, walk <laughs> or run to the, to the lake and then there we go, drawn to water again. Um, yeah. And then walk or run the, the trail and exercise. It's a big one for me. Um, I, I mm-hmm. am prone to depression. It runs in my family. And so I went, you know, I've had a couple of times in the past where I've been injured or sick and I can't work out for like two, three weeks and I can definitely notice a difference. And so to be able to be self-aware, to recognize those things and know that like, I cannot function mentally unless I get, you know, I can go a day, maybe two without working out. But if I go longer than that, it's just not for me. (laughs) Yeah. I do really think I've, I've learned that as well, but I think that what I've learned too is exercise looks different for everybody. You know, you don't, you don't have to go to the gym to work out. You just have to move your body in some way. And, and that is what is going to help you feel better. And you might have to convince yourself to do it, but it's so important. Even just going for a walk, whatever it, you can go for a bike ride. You can, you can um, sign up for a class. You can just do do whatever it is. Um, It doesn't have to be lifting weights. It doesn't have to be something specific, but I think it's so important. Yeah. Yeah. I know, like you said, we, we should have that as another episode, take care of your house. I think it's, this is, um, the body that you have. And so you've got to take care of it. You've got to listen to what it needs from you with the emotions, you know, you've got to acknowledge what's happening and, and you just have to, to, um, do what feels right for you. And there's no right or wrong way, but you have to listen to your body and, and your mind. I think you have to, your heart, you got to listen to all three. And for all of you out there listening, we would love to hear how you cope. I mean, that's really what we started this podcast for was to Heather and I have known each other now for what, four or five years and craziness. Yeah. That's five years in August actually, which is crazy. And we just like, every time we talk, we help each other through situations and it's really just, we hope that something that we say might spark something in you and maybe Mm -hmm. you have an aha moment and please share, like, we'd love to be able to share those experiences with everyone who listens and, and ask questions. And it's a definitely a conversation. We'd love to hear from you. Yes. We want to share experiences with you guys and we want to hear how you were able to overcome things. Or maybe if you did learn something like Marie said, um, you know, share it with us because we're kind of all just learning yes. together. I think um, I always thought like things would be easy when I was an adult. <laughs> they no. are not. Um they then they get harder every year you face new obstacles that you have to overcome and and i think we are also afraid to to say like hey this is hard what i'm going through right now is not easy and we kind of mask it and hide it because we're afraid to show anyone that we're struggling but you guys like we it's okay to yeah. struggle and and it's easier if we allow ourselves to share these experiences and get through totally. it together. And we are here for you. Yes. We're just an extension of We're your community. You. So we hope that you'll yes. join us next time. And in the meantime, let us know what you think. And we'll we'll keep the conversation Absolutely. going. We feel those feelings. <laughs> feel those feelings. Love them. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. <laughs>